Welcome, Bird Gang, on today's show. Danny Sarek joins me. We talk about the season finale of Hard Knocks in season, and as expected, a whole lot of J.J. Watt. Also, some great behind-the-scenes footage, both on and off the field, dealing with Watt and other players as they say their goodbyes to the 2022 regular season. Plus, Super Wild Card Weekend. What do we think will happen? It's Cardinals Cover 2, Episode 636, and it starts now. Welcome to Cardinals Cover 2. Hit in the backfield and down he goes for a loss. J.J. Watt nailed him. Cardinals Cover 2 is presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals. And by Arizona Cardinals Podcasts. Visit azcardinals.com slash podcasts. He's at the 10, at the 5, he's in again! Some more Murray Magic! Wow! Here's Craig Grealoux. Gotta be honest, was not sure what to expect with this final episode of Hard Knocks in Season, considering what has happened since Sunday, and that is obviously the news that head coach Cliff Kingsbury has been fired and general manager Steve Kime stepping away from the organization, leaving the organization. But I'll say this, everything was addressed, and it hit you right out of the gate as far as those ISO shots on Cliff Kingsbury during Week 18 in San Francisco with whether it was Dave Pash on radio or Chris Myers on Fox discussing the potential and what turned out to be the case with Kingsbury losing his job. You knew that was an option. If you didn't know it was coming or not, you knew that was an option going 4-13 and 13 in the fourth year of his career here with the Cardinals, and that's the unfortunate part of the business. Um, and that was something that Kingsbury was touching on when Hard Knocks was at his house again, just what they said was two days prior to that final game of him not necessarily saying, I know I'm going to get fired come Monday, but just understanding that that was a possibility and that's part of the business. And I'm sure he had a feeling that was coming. I don't know what kind of conversations he had with owner Michael Bidwell prior in Bidwell's press conference with the media Monday afternoon. He said that he wanted to wait the entire 18 week season um, before he made that final decision. So I'm, I'm not sure what conversations between the two were had prior, how much maybe Kingsbury knew that was coming or not, but it was interesting. Hard Knocks changed it up a little bit. They started with some of the game, and then they went back six days prior to the game, and they covered the week and everything basically around J.J. Watt. They had a sprinkle of possibly A.J. Green's final game of his career, and it ended with that coaching news and that general manager Steve Kime was stepping down, and then they tied it all together with a little bit of J.J. again at the end. Yeah, by the way, again, you've mentioned this before here on Cardinals Cover 2 presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals, when we had the opportunity to discuss these Hard Knocks in-season episodes. Make sure you watch all the way through because, once again, the end of, or I should say, while the credits are rolling, J.J. Watt, whatever he decides to do, whether it's first and foremost, it's father, it's being a husband, but whatever he decides to do, whether it's TV, radio, pitch man, because he certainly endorsed the heck out of Gatorade to close out Hard Knocks in season. But he is he is flawless when it comes to the media, Danny. And that is that is a trait that I wish I had because I am certainly far from flawless when we discuss things here on Cardinals Cover 2. But he certainly is well aware of what he needs to say, how to say it, 
and when to say it. But what is unique about having those three qualities, Craig, is that JJ is still honest. And at least in my time working in the NFL for the last five seasons now, there have been players who have also, in, in, in my opinion, who have also understood what needs to be said and what they want to say, but you can see it on their face and you can hear it in their responses that it's calculated. And that's not necessarily a bad thing. They have their own image to protect and, and those of their teammates. And there's, you know, you want to make sure you're saying the right thing. You're not putting your foot in your mouth. And I get that. But with JJ, it feels genuine. You don't ever feel like he's saying something just to say it or he's saying something knowing that that's going to be the quote everyone wants. Like he's going to say what he truly feels and what he thinks is right. And that's something that you have to respect, in my opinion, as a media member, is that while, yes, you JJ is, he was a 12-year vet. He is seasoned when it comes to being in the media and, and what to say. But that doesn't mean that he was BSing the media. And that's something that I think is unique to have all of those qualities. Genuine in his final message on Saturday night to the team as far as, quote, I hope you take something from me and you pass it on to somebody else. And he talked about a ripple effect, which he had talked about with us meeting the media as far as, I believe it was even your question, which I thought was a phenomenal question about legacy and what does he want others to know and remember about him and I'm paraphrasing here, but he doesn't care. But what he hopes people learn from him, either watching or literally one-on-one -on -one interaction, is pay it forward and do something that I did to the next person, the next generation. That's where he goes with that ripple effect to try to make everything better so everyone has a more enjoyable life. JJ said, everybody gets forgotten. And I don't need anybody to remember me because I enjoyed it while I had it. JJ had said he wants to leave behind a chain reaction effect to where he inspires and teaches others, like you said, to work hard and dream big and do well for others. And that's going to inspire others to do the same. And that's the chain reaction that'll leave behind. He will be remembered whether he cares about it or not. On the field in 12 years, three-time defensive player of the year, Walter Payton man of the year, five-time first-team all-pro, a pro bowler. I mean, the accolades speak for themselves. In this final year of his career at 33, he had 12 and a half sacks, the best season he's had since 2018. That work ethic that he has in, instilled in his teammates, whether he is intended to or not by leading by example, those, all those things he will be remembered on the field and when he is going to be a first ballot Hall of Famer. But he has done so much for the community as well, even in two years in Arizona, but the big thing everyone talks about is that hurricane relief, and, and he made it clear those efforts on the field and off he was not alone, which I respect that he made that clear as well. But whether or not he wants to be remembered or if he cares about being remembered, J.J. Watt will be remembered for his accolades on and off the field. And all you have to do is just watch this episode, and once again, for the second straight week, the week prior was in Atlanta, this week in San Francisco, in game. Congratulations from the opponents, George Kittle, and their conversation. Literally, the game is still going on. Now there's a break in the action, obviously, but different players coming up and saying, thank you, congratulations, it's an honor to share the field with you. And a very touching moment with two minutes to go, and I know we, it was talked about on the broadcast, Paul Calvisi reported it in real time, but what the San Francisco 49ers did with the video message and then the fans spontaneously 
not only a standing ovation, but a J.J. chant as he walks off the field for the last time and is now on the sideline. More tears from J.J. Watt, not just the night before, but literally tears on the football field because of that reception. I had tears watching that part of this week's Hard Knocks episode, and I'm sure the music played some part in it. It it truly sounded like something of a superhero movie, slow-mo watching J.J. walk off the field for the final time. I was down on the field that those last couple minutes of the game and I got chills hearing the JJ chants. There were two. There was the first of just JJ and then there was the JJ Watt. And it was just incredible to be down there. And that was what you heard at Levi stadium. And they had that on the video board, congratulating JJ on his career. And he was blowing kisses and waving to his wife and his family, his parents, his wife and his son were in attendance in a suite just an incredible moment. I just stood there just to take it in. And as JJ is walking off the field for the final time, everyone's dapping him up and he's slowly walking to the sideline. I mean, I can't imagine the emotions that he was feeling. He had said he wasn't emotional all week, but we saw the emotions and he had called it. He said, there's going to be a time where I'm going to cry and I'm going to lose it. And it was Saturday night at the end of those team meetings when that video was shown incredible job it was Matt Burke and then you know our video department who had a big hand in putting that together his brothers and his parents and his wife and current teammates were in that video congratulating him thanking him opponents he had played against Tom Brady Kirk Cousins Aaron Rodgers Dak Prescott all these quarterbacks that JJ had made their lives hell through the years and that was the point that JJ lost it and what a special moment a special tribute um, to have that made. And, and you could see he was emotional when he was walking off the field. His family was emotional. Um, but the way that he carried himself and he stayed on the field to say goodbye to everyone that was congratulating him, pregame was incredible. Craig, I mean, the amount of J.J. Watt jerseys, and he was still playing catch with everybody. And you just hope that it was what he had envisioned for that final game of everything he wanted to feel and accomplish. And the fact that he had two sacks in the final game at the final place he had not played in his career, you hope that it was the perfect ending, you know, tie the bow on top to just an incredible career. We talked about it previously. Every player wants to go out on top with that championship, but I don't know if you can't get that championship in your final game, which not, everyone can get it's darn near impossible then you know what you get the J.J. Watt send-off where it's maybe not all season but the last couple of games to where your peers can recognize you where you can say your thanks and then that final game and then his post-game comments to the media oh I know I can still play I'm choosing not to and the choice is because it's family now father husband but just be able to get that kind of a send-off as opposed to, once again, that tap on your shoulder and saying, you know what, we don't need you anymore. We don't think you can play anymore. That's not the case with J.J. Watt, whether it would be here or somewhere else. If J.J. wants to play, and I know his father even kind of hinted at that, like, I, I, don't, I don't want it to end, he can play next season. I don't think there's any question about it. My Jay Sanders during practice during the week, kind of alluded to it as well. Like, maybe this isn't quite it. And J.J. pushed back, says, no, 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 no. <laughs> I'm done. But, again, that's always going to be out there. 
I don't know if it's really out there. I, I think JJ is done. He is very smart and he is calculated and not in a negative term, but I think he is very, he thinks about the logistics and he thinks about everything that goes into not just playing. But him and his wife, Kaylee, had talked about it. They have never been on vacation together where training was not the number one priority. Like, there's a lot that goes into not just saying, oh, I'm going to train, I'm going to have training camp, and I'm going to play another season. For somebody at JJ of J.J. Watt's caliber and that work ethic, that that is not easy to spend every single year. And I love the fact that with the exception of missing one game, he had he played every other game and he was productive and he showed he silenced the people who the last couple of years because of injury or not being as productive that he can still do it and he is still one of the best and that's how he will go down and you respect the fact that he is going out on his own terms. I would imagine I mean JJ had said after announcing his retirement before the final two weeks of the season he didn't have that planned. It was very natural, very candid. I wonder, had he said it before the season started, one, how things would have changed after the heart scare, and two, do you think he would have gotten sick of having 17 games and every <laughs> single commercial break, and at the end of every game, opposing players and coaches and the refs and everyone's coming up to you congratulating you? Obviously, that is like, you know, that, that you have to respect that and I'm sure be appreciative. But don't you think that would almost get like tiring of like, oh my gosh, like, come on, let me just play the game. Do you enjoy the spotlight? Are you used to, are you okay with always being the center of attention? That That's that's what it would become. And JJ even apologized Saturday night, day before the game to his team. Look, you guys have had to talk, have people and talk about. that's just two weeks. Yeah, that was just two weeks. You didn't think about 17 games. I, I don't know. Like, look, I I could not do that. I, I, I don't like the spotlight. I prefer to just kind of lie in the shadows. But there are some out there that would, you know what, calculate it. I'm going to do it now because I know what's to come. That's true. And where I can be honored and discussed and just sit back and let everyone talk about me. And people are still going to talk about J.J. now, and that will come up again when it's time to vote him into the Hall of Fame. You know who I'm sure I would bet good money I'm not allowed to, but if I could bet good money. <laughs> good catch. I would bet that nobody in that locker room was happier that JJ made his announcement. Well, maybe hard knocks because they had a great storyline to follow. But in that locker room, wide receiver AJ Green. In the same draft class, AJ Green is likely to retire and has made comments saying that he is okay to enter that next chapter of his life. And while he was not the most productive, or maybe used to the best of his abilities in Arizona the last two years, the career he has had is incredibly respectable. 6,000 receiving yard seasons. He is a very quiet, introverted person, at least from the media's perspective, but incredibly insightful. And he, like the way you just described yourself, kind of likes to just go under the rug. So if, in fact, A.J. Green is going to hang up the cleats now, it wasn't really talked about like it probably would have been if people were thinking about everyone else in the locker room as opposed to just being focused on J.J. So I'm sure A.J. Green is probably the most thrilled that J.J. was getting that attention the last few weeks. A.J. might be going out on a great moment as well because you see how that game played out on Sunday. Did not get the 100-yard receiving game, and I think there was a conscious effort late to try to get him those final yards that didn't materialize. But that 77-yard throwback 
to A.J. Green, the longest play of the season, longest scoring play of the season. I think that's a fitting way for him to say, you know what, my family needs me. I think I'll be a father, I'll be a husband. And he gets his 70th career touchdown on that opening score for the Arizona Cardinals. Not only that, Craig, but what an incredible touchdown. A little trickery with David Blau and Farrah Cooper, and David Blau got it out. When I say in the nick of time, I mean in the nick of time. AJ Green mossed a defender and then stiff-armed another and shook him off right outside the end zone. What an incredible way if that's how you are going to go out. Your 70th, your final touchdown. Everyone, of course. And I'm sure and that's why I also believe that AJ probably told some people he was done. Just seeing the reaction from the coaching staff and the players. And there was an ISO on offensive lineman Kelvin Beecham on the bench. And he uh, looked at AJ and said, you might have to come back. And there was a no no real response to that. So I'm I'm, again, if I were to bet, I would say Jay Green's probably done. What a way to go out. I can share it now because it's after the fact. But before A.J. Green addressed the media last week, I went up to him during the open portion of locker room and just thanked him because of what this season had been, how he had handled this season as far as the up-and-down nature of how many times he was on the field and just standing and being a spectator probably for the first time in his career, going all the way back to when he was probably little. And then I just asked, I was like, do you think that this is it? And he got a smile. He goes, yeah, and I'm at peace with that. Now, I think Mike J.J. Watt, he thinks he can still play. And if there was a team out there that maybe he would give it a second thought, but his family is ready for him to be around and be that Mr. Mom, if you will, and take the kids from one practice to the next, to the next activity, to the next. And I think we will at some point hear something and maybe not even hear anything. You just might float like Larry Fitzgerald. We don't get that official announcement. But I do think that J.J. Watt and A.J. Green have played their last football game in the NFL. Am I correct in remembering off the top of my head that the Bengals are an opponent next year? They are. So here's what's interesting is could we not get one more year, A.J. Green to go against the Bengals, J.J. Watt to go against the Texans and his brothers, Derek and T.J. with the Steelers, Craig? That's right. The Texans are on the schedule. The Steelers are on the schedule. See, what people keep talking about with the Steelers is that J.J. Watt would go to Pittsburgh and get to play with his brothers as teammates, not as opponents. That's always been the speculation. Play with play on defense with TJ. TJ, yeah. Interesting. JJ seems very excited, though, to be the hype man for his brothers. <laughs> I, I talked with him, and, and many times when it had come up in conversation, he had said, you know, I'm, I'm more nervous watching my brothers play than when I step out onto the field. And I'd asked him that in his press conference the final week of the season if his brothers are prepared to have JJ's undivided attention throughout an entire season watching the games. And he said, oh, they're going to get sick of me. That's how he's going to spend – what is normally an off season is now just a normal summer for JJ moving forward in his life, training TJ and helping him out and supporting his brothers. And the fact that he was surprised to see on social media, the morning of the final game in San Francisco, his brothers, Derek and TJ were not there because the Steelers had a game and Derek and TJ showed up to the game in Cardinals, JJ Watt jerseys. And JJ said, the best scenario for him to go out would have won the game. But the fact that his two brothers did that 
TJ, I believe, had at least one sack. Derek had a touchdown. His parents, his wife, and his son were in San Francisco watching him. JJ said that was the best send-off for the Watt family that he could have asked for. It was fun to watch, and I'll echo what you said as far as J.J. Watt making this announcement when he did because it has given us all this inside access, if you will, behind the scenes to see how J.J. Watt is handling this, what his peers, his teammates, his family, their reactions to all this within Hard Knocks in season. So that for them especially is something that, yeah, the season did not go well, it did not end well. But individuals, I think, will look back and reflect upon this and have that hard knocks in season all nine episodes to where they can go back to different moments, to different episodes, and take certain points out, especially for young Koa, two and a half months old, who, by the way, looks tiny in J.J. Watt's hands. Tiny. Looks like a Watt, though. Does Yes, he does. Yeah, I mean. He's got great genes, and I expect nothing but – Tremendous athletic career, considering who mom and dad are. Yeah, no kidding. Football, soccer, whatever is in his future, I'm sure he will be great. Um, you know, that's a good point, is is how Hard Knocks has documented this important season for J.J. and for him and his family moving forward, and for a lot of other players, I think, and, and coaches who don't necessarily get that spotlight. Um, the episodes where we got to see Sean Jefferson's personality, wide receivers coach, you know, those players – like Trey McBride, who are younger or players who don't necessarily have that illustrious career. And, and this is a way, while yes, you know, teams are going to take you based on your film that you put on tape out on the field, but this is a, a way for everyone around the league to just kind of get to know each other a little more and see their personalities. And that's the whole point of Hard Knocks. A hard season to cover this team. Nobody knew what was going to happen. This certainly wasn't the expectation. Um, but I still think that all things considered, there were a lot of really great storylines that were followed. A lot of great people were highlighted. And this gives you an inside look at what it's like in the facility day in and day out. And I think maybe that can be more insightful when it's a season like this and how difficult it is to continue to work hard and push yourself and motivate yourself and others and be accountable when you have millions of people who are screaming at you or saying things to you online in your DMs that this is still their job. And while it might not be the most exciting from a winning standpoint season for Hard Knocks, I still think that it's incredibly insightful and gave a really great look at what these players and coaches had to go through every day. And you saw that, how the episode ended with players cleaning out their lockers, saying goodbye, and then splicing in that Michael Bidwell's press conference, announcing that general manager Steve Kime is no longer a part of the organization. Cliff Kingsbury is no longer the head coach. And then you get that other scene of Cliff Kingsbury addressing his coaching staff. And despite what was reported, Cliff was typical Cliff. Not surprised. Not sad, not happy, just matter of fact, but his message to those coaches in that room, I'm forever indebted. Anything I can ever do for you, just let me know. It was a very quick message, but typical Cliff Kingsbury that we've been able to cover now for four seasons here with the Cardinals. 
I will say from what we saw in Cliff, and we saw a little more from him in this episode, one-on-one, from the person that I know from being out on the field on game days, conducting interviews, being at the podium, talking to him just around the facility, that is him. And, and I know that whether it's online or other podcasts, people have given high praises for him. Michael Bidwell had incredible praises for the type of person Cliff Kingsbury is. He said that he has never been around a coach who has worked harder. Every day, Cliff was here by 4.15 in, in the morning. Um, and not having a wife and kids of his own, he said that this was his family. And I truly believe when Michael Bidwell said that there was no disconnect from them there. There was no falling out between him and Kingsbury. This was just a business decision. But that even killed tone that Cliff showed, that that is what he always has. The highs and the lows, he was calm. And he understood the job or the task that was at hand, whatever that might be. But he was always respectful and kind and very hardworking. And I've only been around a couple head coaches from my time covering the NFL, but he was so genuine in getting to know everybody's name and something about them. And it wasn't always just passing by, hey, how's it going? Like, would stop in the hallway and have conversations with you. And I understand that th- this is a business and decisions have to be made moving forward. As people who are in this building and get to know these players and coaches as people, Craig, doesn't make it any easier seeing somebody that you have that kind of relationship with lose their job. So obviously wish the best for Cliff. I do think that there are still great things coming. While this might not have been the best scenario for him to be at, whether that was personnel, whether that whatever it might have been that it wasn't a great place for him here the last year. I do think that there are places that he could fit well and be successful, and and that's what I wish for him moving forward. It didn't work out here, but that doesn't take away from the person that Cliff Kingsbury is and will always be, and that's what we forget at times as fans and media members, the human side behind a coach, a player, and that's why I think Hard Knocks in season was so good because you got to see that away from the field or within the facility, how you interact, because it's not just what you see on the television screen. Not only that, I think you can tell the respect that he, the players had for him with the way that they played this year. This team was out of games pretty con- pretty consistently. Um, had some pretty bad losses. They were out of the playoffs early on in the season the last couple of weeks. But you can't say that this team did not fight until the very end. They played with effort and they played with heart. And I don't think that's the case if you don't respect your head coach and what they are preaching to this team day in and day out and the way that he was, like he said in previous Hard Knocks episodes, he's going to treat these players like men. And I think that you can see the respect the players had for Cliff Kingsbury. And we're seeing that recently since the news was announced on Monday, whether on social media, Zach Ertz giving his thanks, Hollywood Brown, on Twitch, Colt McCoy recently on Sirius XM NFL Radio, all appreciative of the work that Cliff Kingsbury put in, but also understanding that, you said it, it's a business, it didn't work out, but that doesn't mean it's not going to work out somewhere else. And I do think Cliff Kingsbury will get another shot, whether it's a head coach opportunity or not, but he is too good of a football mind to be on the sideline for very long. I agree. I don't know if it's it's college. I don't think he enjoyed the recruiting aspect. I never got aspect. the impression that he ever wanted to go back 
Yeah, but but I do think I do think that there could be a place for him in the NFL somewhere else in a, in a different capacity, whatever that might be. Um, so wish him the best moving forward. Um, and from a media standpoint, Cliff respected the job that we had to do after tough games and losses. He was still respectful, and the and the tough questions that we have to ask in interviews and at. at the podium in on TV shows that he's on every week and that's not easy and he was kind and understanding to that and and that is huge as well as a media member media member we saw probably the most spontaneous reaction from head coach Cliff Kingsbury on the sideline in this most recent and final episode when the throwback pass for a touchdown and they pan to Cliff and he's laughing out loud. It worked. Our Joe Montana play that we had worked earlier in the year with Rondell Moore and Colt McCoy worked with Farrell Cooper and David Blau to A.J. Green. And the happiness that I'm sure he felt, but also that David Blau got a touchdown, A.J. Green got a touchdown. And, yeah, for a brief moment there on Sunday, the Cardinals were leading the best team in the division. I did like that they showed that meeting when it was originally supposed to be Colt and Rondale because – when the voiceover in Hard Knocks said a, a play that they've been working on all year, of course there's a little doubt of like, mm, have you really been working on this play all year and it's the final game and you're on your fourth starting quarterback and a wide receiver who has only been playing for like, like two or three weeks. So when they showed that throwback clip with Rondale and Colt supposed to be you know, the focal points of that play, I was like, okay, I am really glad that they pulled that off because they have been working on it for a while because it has been a while since Rondell Moore had been in the lineup. Because I, I, when I saw, or I think I heard Rondell, I was like, Rondell, he, he hasn't played in a while. And I was like, oh, wait a second, we've got a flashback here. And it's true. And you always hear it at the end when a play works, oh, we've had that play in for a year and a half exactly. or two years or two months or whatever it is. And you know what? Sometimes it becomes cliche. But we've seen here in Hard Knocks in season that, yeah, these plays are in and then pulled out for a specific reason, whatever it may be. But, yeah, to get that, again, brief moments on Sunday in San Francisco and then the capper with J.J. Watt. By the way, a shout-out as well, not only to head coach Cliff Kingsbury and Steve Kahn, but a shout-out to the entire Hard Knocks crew that was here all season long, even before episodes started to air cannot thank them enough the professionalism that they showed allowing us to do our jobs with the Arizona Cardinals never in the way and also again the help back and forth to allow these episodes to go forth and I do you said it earlier not a great season to document on the football field but I do think and maybe it might take a while for everyone in the building and Cardinal fans to think this way happy that this was happened it would have just been better if it was 13-4 and four that you're documenting. But I do like the fact that we got to know some of these players a little bit better and to see the human side of them. Yeah, the Hard Knocks crew has been wonderful to interact with. And it's amazing how many people and how much equipment they have out here, and yet they were still never in the way. Truly were flies on the wall. Put out some really great work. They get amazing storylines, great interviews, the shots – are incredible. Um, and if anyone's curious, there's a collaboration with the film's crew and the team's broadcasting content crew sharing 
content and what's going on. And so from a media standpoint, as a team media member, like that is incredibly helpful that NFL films, that crew is not stingy with their content that they're getting, like when, when they're out there and they are with teams, whether in season or in training camp, they are also very generous with the information and the shots that they get. And, and that's appreciative of well. And it makes me now look forward to next year, whether that's in training camp or if there is another hard knocks in season, because I do think, again, there might be teams out there leery about doing it in season, but you do get these stories of these people as opposed to stories of the players. And I do think it was well worth it for the Arizona Cardinals. We'll see what happens next season. Yes, the season does continue for everyone else but the Arizona Cardinals. Real quick here on Cardinals Cover 2, presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals. There is still football to be played on the weekend. And I'm guessing you'll be in front of a television somewhere Saturday, Sunday, and Monday night. That's the plan. What are we going to be watching? All right. Super wild card weekend. Super. You don't? Okay. Is it really necessary? It's three days versus two? I I don't know. I mean, they bill it as super. I'm just going off I know it's not you, Craig. I'm just saying. Just saying. Super wild card weekend. All right. Saturday, doubleheader. Seahawks, 49ers. Who do you got? What do you think? 49ers. All right. So they'll beat the Seahawks for three times in one season, which is difficult to do. All right. I'm in in line with that. Chargers at the Jaguars. (sighs) I would not hate to see an upset here. I'm going to go Jags. I would not be surprised at the Jaguars. And again, the Chargers just, they they seem so fickle. And then unreliable. some injuries as well that they yeah. suffered in week 18. But if you, Cardinal fans, if you want an example of that worst to first, Jacksonville Jaguars, dead last in the AFC South. New head coach. New head coach. And they win the division and are hosting a playoff game on Saturday. By the way, one of four teams of the 14 that have first year head coaches. Yay, we love hope. See? We'll give that to you here on Cardinals Cover 2. All right, triple header on Sunday. Dolphins at the Bills. Bills. Of course, because Skylar Thompson is expected to start to a Tonga Lavoa ruled out of that game. And plus, can you can you root against the Bills at absolutely this point? Absolutely not. No, absolutely not. Giants at the Vikings. Hmm. I feel like I understand why people say the Vikings – might not be as good as their record leads itself to seem. But it's the Giants. I'm going to say Vikings. I'm going to go with the road team. I'll pick the upset. And you mentioned the Vikings. The most impressive stat I read this season, Minnesota minus three point differential despite having 13 wins. They were a minus three, and they won 13 games. Wow. Yeah, that's just unheard of. All right, the nightcap on Sunday, Ravens at the Bengals. Bengals. No Lamar Jackson. Nothing Bengals. official, but he hasn't practiced in like six weeks. Cincinnati is the call. Monday, Cowboys at the Buccaneers. Certainly the marquee matchup of Super <laughs> Wild Card Weekend. The Cowboys against Tom Brady. Oh, this one's tricky because, one, it's Tom Brady. You can't count him out. Two, if I say the Cowboys, you will <laughs> never let me live it down. Especially, And I'm thinking long game here, Craig, because – Cardinals play the Cowboys next season. So I know that if I choose them to win anything, that's just going to come back to bite me in the butt. So I'm saying Bucks. I'll go Tampa Bay as well. You never count out Tom Brady. And who knows? If 
things don't go quite well on Monday night for the Dallas Cowboys, there might be a new head coach coming to State Farm Stadium next season. That's true. Might be Sean Payton. Oh, Who knows? Craig. By the way, just to, not to throw it out there, but I'll throw it out there. Yes, Ian Rappaport, NFL Network, reporting that the Arizona Cardinals have received permission to speak with Sean Payton informally right now, formally not until January 17th per league rules. So that process as far as head coach search has officially started here on this Wednesday. Well, no matter what happens, you know, we're going to have all of our listeners and viewers covered every podcast content on azcardinals.com. I don't know what's in store for us, but I, I see it being another eventful off season. A lot of unknown and hopefully questions get answered sooner rather than later. Danny, this was fun. It for was nine fun. It's always weeks, fun with you. Ten weeks total, hard knocks in season. So uh, I appreciate Bird Gang following along. And again, congratulations to Hard Knocks in season, that entire crew. I thought they did a fantastic job all year long, even though it was just half a season, but they were here all year long. Yes, absolutely. And on that note, we will put a lid on this edition of Cardinals Cover 2, presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals. As always, special thanks to our executive producer, Jim Omohundro. For Danny Sarek, I'm Craig Riolu. We'll talk to you next time here on Cardinals Cover 2.